Hi, Michelle. Hi, Nikki. So today we're going to be talking with Amanda Rickman, who is a college counselor. And as you know, college counseling is important part in preparing our kids to go away to university or college. And for me, it's an emotional part because I found this part to be really hard because it was the first time that I was actually feeling like I was losing control. Not that I'm a controlling mom. Well, maybe I am, but <laughs> you know, you always are controlling as the kids, you know, in Jamaica, we have the ability in our care group to control which schools the kids go to. We control which activities they do. We control which friends or which friends we allow them to have play dates with. And college was something that we couldn't control. I couldn't control where Max wanted to go. I couldn't control where he would get in as I talk about later on. And so I really appreciate Amanda taking us through that whole process, which mm -hmm. is an overwhelming academic process, as you know. Mm -hmm. It is overwhelming. JP went through it a few years ago. And thankfully, well, we didn't have Amanda at the time, but he had teachers at school that helped him through the process. And it was very, very daunting. Um, writing of the essays, just trying to determine, do we go to United States? Do we go to Canada? Do we go to UK? What does he really want to do? And where is the best place? And there's so many options. Having done the, the IB program as well, there are some universities that said, okay, you can go directly. You don't have to. There are certain credits you get for doing the IB. Some universities did not really recognize it, depending on, you know, where, where we looked at those universities. So there's so many different options and it was just very, very confusing. Uh, I mean, I wish I had an Amanda around at the time that would have, she would have helped us a lot, but you know, we made it through. I mean, you know, having someone like her is absolutely necessary. And what I love is Amanda's age. Right, she's, for sure. She's extremely passionate and she just went through it. So she knows exactly what she's talking about. And things change so rapidly. She's current. For you know? sure. And the kids really resonate with her. Like I know Max really resonated with her. Mm -hmm. I can understand so, why. Yeah, it was easy for them to get along. And, she, you know, she was very, very informative and kept on top of it. So I really have no complaints for sure. Awesome. So let's talk to Amanda all the time. I mean, I know how much you admire her and, and you appreciate her. You, you have always spoke so highly of her. So I can't wait for us to interview her. Yes, for sure. She is a sweetheart. Are you a woman wanting to embrace everyday living with ease and flow? Welcome to the What The 50 Podcast. Join your co-hosts, Nikki and Michelle, on their continued journey to simplify their lives. They will seek the answers from the experts and offer tips, tools, and techniques to live your life with confidence, simplicity, and joy. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. Here we are, another day, another podcast episode. Yes. Let's see if we'll survive this one. I know. <laughs> yes, today. We're going to get there. We're gonna today get there. we have one of my favorite people, my Yay. favorite young woman, Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So before we ask Amanda to, to talk to us a little bit about College Co., we're going to tell you about Amanda. Amanda is an educational consultant and chief college matchmaker of her company, College Quo. 
and that's a college consulting company based in Kingston, Jamaica, that provides services based around the college preparation process. As a student at Bowden College, a small liberal arts college in Brunswick, Maine, Amanda realized her passion for writing, marketing, and helping others to actualize their goals. She stumbled into the college consulting realm accidentally, but immediately fell in love with helping students to get into the colleges of their dreams. So now that Amanda has graduated from Bowden with degrees in anthropology and history, she now works on College Co. full-time. In September 2020, amid the pandemic, College Co. entered into its biggest partnership so far. It partnered with Hillel Academy to provide consulting services to all of their international baccalaureate students. College Co. now works with students from Hillel and also from high schools across Jamaica in the wider Caribbean. Outside of College Co., Amanda loves to watch sitcoms, explore Jamaica, and travel. So welcome, Amanda. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So as you know, when you get to the stage of parenthood that Michelle and I are in, Amanda or any college consultant plays a vital role Mm -hmm. in allowing us to move the kids to the next section, the next level. Level, And just to understand the process. Right. Because it's quite a bit of a process. It's very daunting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we both have had one that has gone through and then we have a second one. And I think with the first one, it's something difficult because as a parent, you continually are able to control the lives or the academic lives of your children until you get to college. Right. Because you cannot control no matter how you try, mm-hmm. That's it. wherever they're going to land, it's mm-hmm. where they're going to land. And we just have to trust that that's the place right. for them. Of course. Which is where you would come in, Amanda, because you'd guide us to make sure we're making the right decisions because it's such a huge task. There's Absolutely. so many options. There's, the process is just a big one. Yeah, the process is an overwhelming one. And something that I do as well is try to balance the parents' needs with the students' needs because sometimes mm-hmm. they work in harmony. Sometimes they clash and sometimes it's just it works really well or it's an absolute disaster trying to balance those two so college consulting is definitely a balancing act it's working with students and parents and teachers and other educators I think the parents play a vital role but I agree with you in that you just have to let go sometimes and trust that they'll land on their two feet Right. So before we get into the nitty gritty details of helping parents navigate this area of this stage in their lives, you're fairly young, Amanda. You're barely out of college, uh, but definitely a young woman that I admire greatly for your tenacity and your drive and just your overall presence has been, you know, it really helped my oldest son, Max, and he could really relate to Amanda because Amanda was close to his age. Yes. Well, he was, you were still in college when you were helping him. So yeah. he really felt that Amanda knew. He, she understood. Right. So yeah. could you tell us a little bit about what brought, got you into this business? Yeah, absolutely. When I was going through the process myself, I got really, really, really into it, like borderline obsessed with it. I would read like all of these blogs online and talk to literally everyone who I knew because I knew that I wanted to go to the U.S. as a non-U.S. citizen. So I only have Jamaican citizenship. 
and I needed a lot of scholarships and financial aid to be able to go. So it was a bit complicated to try and navigate that process, but I really loved it. And I ended up at a small liberal arts college in Brunswick, Maine called Bowdoin College. And at Bowdoin, one day I was simply scrolling through Snapchat and saw someone express their frustration about the process. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really need help. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, I'll help you. And of course he was like, what are your credentials? (laughs) (laughs) Just went through it. So I kind of know, but I really don't have any credentials. And I was 19 at the time. He was 18. So just a year younger than me, but we made it work. He got into every school that he applied to. He was focusing on Europe actually. And he ended up going to school in the Netherlands. So that was my first introduction to the process. And I really fell in love with it. And after that happened, I was like, I'm going to start a small college consulting business as like my side hustle in college. I had no idea that it would become my full-time job eventually. It was just a fun way to help students out, make a small amount of money and really doing something that I enjoy. So College Co started in my freshman year of university and it really just blossomed since then. That's amazing. Well, congrats to you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we continue on, if people or parents listening want to get in touch with you, where can they best find you? Can you just give us your Instagram handle? Yeah, of course. Instagram is at college underscore quo. So college underscore Q-U-O. Okay, perfect. So one of the things that I know that I started was that I kind of tried to start early getting the college mindset going. I'm not even sure if that's the right. I'm a little bit obsessive. Like, I don't know. But Nikki, what do you call early though? Right. So So what's the time? I need to know, like from Amanda, when do we start really getting the kids into the mindset of, yeah, this is happening. I have to go to college. I think that it really should start in grade 10 just to start analyzing their extracurriculars, their options, making sure that they're staying on top of everything in terms of understanding the requirements for college classes that they should be taking, developing relationships with their teachers who they might need to call on. Little things like that can really go a long way, but the actual consulting process So starting to build a college list, editing essays and writing essays and all of the other nuances that go into the process really starts in grade 12 or lower sixth form um, in Jamaica. Speaking of that, I did read an article that you had posted recently about, was it the all-rounded student versus the pointed, was it pointed student? Things are changing. Right. So So maybe you need to elaborate about that because... As you say, the extracurricular activities need to be focused on from when from they're younger. Yes. So one thing that has changed is that maybe in the past eight years or so, top colleges, so highly selective universities in particular, have been focusing a bit more on students that are pointy. So pointy in the sense that their extracurriculars focus on one or two main niches. So colleges are no longer prioritizing the students who have one sport and one service club and one academic club and doing like all of these different things because they really want students who can show their passions and their interests in this focused way 
So that's one thing that I try to get across to students because they come to me all the time and say, oh, I don't have a sport. Is that going to count against me? And I'm like, no, but it's still this idea that's put forth in high schools from teachers or parents who are well-intentioned, absolutely, but it's not necessarily what colleges are looking for. That said, though, students who are going for top schools definitely have a slightly more curated and strategic path than students who are looking for maybe less selective colleges. Having said that, though, Amanda, talk to me about the fact that sometimes I've known that students stop doing a sport mm-hmm. because they think it takes away from their the study time. Their study time, time. Yes. Where I, I, as a parent, my husband I, as a parent, has have always been in the mindset that you have to learn to balance everything. How does that come into play? Yeah, so if a student is you know, a tennis player and they've been playing tennis since grade seven and it gets to grade 10 or 11 and they're like, it's too much and they decide to stop tennis. Then when it comes to college application time, that could be a small red flag on the application. Like, why did you stop tennis? It was such a strong part of your life and your development. So the colleges would wonder, is it that the student can't balance academics with extracurriculars? Because in college, it's really going to be a balancing act, balancing social life and um, academics and everything else that goes into being a student at university. So one thing that I really stress to students is to stick with things. If things get too rough, then really just try to get a little bit more organized, balance your schedule. But I also understand that it's tough on them sometimes, but as much as possible, if they can stick with something, then absolutely they should do it. Amanda, as you mentioned, um, being organized, that is something I think students, I would say between grade seven to maybe nine or 10, they struggle with that. Do you do something, although those are not the, the, the college prep years, do yeah. you offer any sort of guidance with students how best to balance the sporting activities, academic activities, or social life from an early age? Because they have to develop that discipline, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't offer anything, unfortunately, but I'm really overwhelmed with just all of the college prep students right now. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I do is just have conversations with people. Whenever parents reach out to me, um, I'm always open to just having a conversation about whatever step they're at right now in the process or whatever Mm -hmm. um, situation might be confusing for them just to help them to work through it. So that could be a conversation with a grade seven, eight or nine students like, hey, I'm struggling with balancing everything. What are some ways that I can kind of work through it? And a lot of times it might be advice that a parent themselves would have told the student, but coming from me, who is not their parents, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So coming to that, as you know, there's many different types of parents. So let's talk about how involved do you think a parent should be Mm -hmm. in the college selection process? Now, this was a difficult one for me because I know I have some certain ideas of where I think my kids should go and maybe they have different ideas. So how to meet in the middle. Right. Absolutely. That's a tough question because it, it really depends on the student. So one thing is, allowing them the independence to navigate the process on their own, but also realizing 
when they're not doing enough and then stepping in. So it really is a balancing act depending on the type of student. So I've had some parents who come to me and they've said, you know, I haven't met you, but you've been working with my students and my child just prefers full independence and full control of the process. So, you know, months into the process, they'll schedule a meeting with me just to kind of talk about what's going on. And there are some parents who I talk to more than the students because the students don't follow up. So it really depends on the type of student. But I agree that it will always be a balancing act to try to meet those two needs in the middle. You know, a student might say, oh, my dream school is Emory. And a parent might say, oh, but you should really look at schools in Boston where we have family. And it's like finding those two situations and allowing them to reconcile. So saying, hey, we'll target Emory and we'll apply, but let's focus on schools in the Massachusetts area. And the beautiful thing about colleges and applying to colleges is that there's always room to apply to multiple schools and schools in different areas. So it's not a difficult conversation to have where it's like, your child wants to apply here, you want them to apply here, we can do both, you know? So yeah, that's usually how we reconcile it. Okay. So I guess an easy way or a way to to navigate that challenge would be maybe if the parents have set parameters or set boundaries, you make sure that you're clear on that with your children. That's part of the discussion. Right off the, you know, like, I only want to stay for you to stay on the East Coast, or I only want you to go to universities in Canada, Mm -hmm. or please only look in Europe. Right. So to narrow it down. Right. Now there are going to be parents that say, oh, wherever wherever you want that's very wide though right there's so many options so many options yeah so Um, i guess i guess as a family you have to have that discussion and try and say okay so what are our limitations Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and that makes your job a little bit easier too because you make everybody happier and the pros and cons depending on the area that you choose whether you're going to go to europe versus canada versus united states can look at the pros and cons of of the different areas Exactly. And one thing that I find, too, is that sometimes parents aren't aware of maybe how the educational system differs in each country. So Canada versus U.S. versus Europe or how costing might differ. And scholarships are very different in all three places. So sometimes it's a conversation I would have to have with a parent to say, hey, your budget is X and you want the student to apply to Canada But really, I think we should target some schools in the U.S. that offer more scholarships. But a lot of things go into it, like citizenship and, um, of course, the family budget, grades, test scores, everything else. So it's really a personal discussion to have with that student based on who they are, what their goals are, and also what I call their overall profile, which considers everything that I just mentioned. So do you have a list of guiding questions in, in your initial meeting with the parents? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I actually send out a questionnaire for okay. them to fill out. And that questionnaire is something that I go back to even months later when we're, you know, deep into the process. But going back to that initial questionnaire just to see, OK, what were their initial thoughts on what they might want to study? Because nine times out of 10, that changes, changes somewhere yes. along the line of going through the process. So that questionnaire is something that I have in writing 
to just show their initial thoughts up front. And it literally assesses everything, including the family budget, which is one important signal to me in terms of affordability, because that is a, a conversation as well. And also, I guess you have to determine the priorities of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, for instance, my husband is never tied to the undergraduate degree. You know, he's like, I'm not going to focus on where they go for their undergraduate. I'm not going to be so... The postgrad is it's more a, It's more him, the postgrad where he feels right. is, is more the long-term. Mm-hmm. It all depends. Right. And what their long-term vision is. Mm-hmm. And those, right. those priorities are important. And that's something that comes up in the questionnaire as well. I've had a student who said, I want to go to a college with really nice windows and doors. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's interesting, but it's a priority for her. She really cares about like the aesthetics of the campus. Mm -hmm. Maybe she wants to study architecture. That's something that's important to her. So even something that's like really out of the box like that, I'm here Googling colleges with nice windows and doors. (laughs) But that's just one one example of how specific it can really get. But I mean, 99% of the time it's you know, I want a college that's medium-sized or small or larger, or I want a college in a city, or, you know, I really want a rural area because I just want to be focused on the campus experience and not necessarily the city life. So it's balancing Mm -hmm. all of that, where a student might say, hey, I want to be in NYC. And a parent is like, I really don't want them in the middle of a big city. Um, so it's it's definitely balancing all of those varying priorities. And there's so many. Right. There's and so it, many. and it's, that happened definitely with Max because he wanted to, well, as you know, he's in engineering and he wanted to go to way over in the West Coast because he wanted the aesthetic of that, mm-hmm. of the vision of, the, of that like area. California life. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas I would have felt him much, I would have felt mm-hmm. much happier with him closer to the East Coast. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is where they feel comfortable and where yeah. they, because you don't want them. One thing, you don't want them to go away and be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I made that mistake with, with my first son. He got into several colleges in Canada mm-hmm. and we narrowed it down to Ryerson versus Western. Okay. And when I went to Ryerson, I quite liked it. So did he. And he kind of that had the edge. But we yeah. chose Western because as the mummy, releasing mm-hmm. him for the first time, I said, okay, let's be on this enclosed campus. It's a nice area. Mm-hmm. But he didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't like it at all. He wants to be in the city. Yeah. But I was so, trying to protect him in this enclosed campus, but that was not for him at all. He didn't like London at all. Yeah. Especially in the winter. He did mm-hmm. not like it at all. So yeah. these are things that we just have to, to consider. Have to consider yeah. um, that they're going to be adults in a sense. I guess like, you know, semi-adults because you're right. not really on your own yet when you're in college. But happiness is really, really, really important. Yes. And don't want them to suffer for four years and be unhappy and just tough it out. And you also don't want them to drop out and, right. you know, miss all of those educational opportunities mm-hmm. so happiness is definitely a priority for me because sometimes students come to me and they're like i want to go to harvard yale or mit and i say why what do you like about harvard yale or mit i don't know they're just the best and so then <laughs> we dig deeper into what they might want from their college experience and we realize harvard yale and mit is just 
they're not the best fit for that student. So then we target schools that are the best fit. Even for me, when I was starting my college journey, I was like, I have to go to like a top Ivy League university. Um, and after looking into all of the Ivies and realizing, you know, I don't know if I want to be in such a high pressure environment or on such a big campus, which is why in the end, I didn't apply to a single Ivy League. And I focused only on small liberal arts colleges because I wanted that really tight knit campus community feeling, which was a great thing for me just to be a big fish in a small pond. Um, so that was my my personal journey. And it worked out very well, right? It worked out. It worked <laughs> out. Being in Maine as a Jamaican was tough sometimes. There were no other Jamaicans on campus. I was the only one, at least for the first three years, I was the only person from Jamaica. So you had first-gen Americans as well. Um, so that was tough, but it was a learning experience. And there was never a moment where I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to come home because even when it was tough, I loved the experience and got so much from it. And it was really good for my personal development. So I guess to really help the kids figure out where they're going to be happiest, it's going to take some... And lots of discussions. Yeah. Lots, but, lots of discussions. But as, a, as parents, what would you recommend? How do we prepare them? Like some people, and that brings up the topic of boarding school. Right. Because yes. there's there's many discussions about boarding school or not. Like I am not a boarding school family. And yeah. as I was t- uh, telling Auntie Michelle the other day, some a parent accosted me and said that I am just selfish, not wanting my children to go to boarding school. I've, and that's the second time I've had that been told to me. Yeah. So, you know, and, and as a parent, sometimes and then I sit and I wonder, wow, am I like really being it's selfish? Such a choice, you yeah. know, like. Exactly. It's a personal choice. And really and truly boarding school isn't for everyone. And I think sometimes families, once it's like, okay, well, I see other families in the school um, going off to boarding school. Let me consider that for my child. Let me push it for my child. And then it could be that's not really what the child wants or needs. And two, there are so many other factors that go into, you know, where should that next step be? So not getting too caught up in oh, they have to just do what everyone else is doing or what, you know, the vast majority of students are doing. And as I was mentioning to you both before we started recording the podcast is that I had a family come into my office yesterday just to talk about their boarding school options Mm -hmm. and whether they should go to boarding school or stay in Jamaica. The student really wanted to stay in Jamaica. He was just finally fitting in in his high school environment and finally feeling, you know, close with his friend group and he didn't want to leave that which I honestly thought was a valid reason because you know it is a fundamental part of their development they were on the fence because a lot of times it's like boarding school equals more opportunity it's easier to get into college xyz but I always tell them that's not necessarily the case because in Jamaica even at you know private international schools in Jamaica students are applying to so many different types of universities. So I always use the top school example because a lot of times college consulting with top schools or highly selective schools, it can just be a little more confusing. So staying in Jamaica and applying to top schools, you might have 10 kids in the grade looking at top schools. So that could be Ivy's or top liberal arts colleges or really any school that 
is considered selective. And at boarding school, you might have 40, 50, 60% of the class going for top schools. So then the competition becomes more fierce because a college really evaluates you in the context of your high school environment. So it's not necessarily that they're comparing you with other students from your high school, but in a sense, some comparison is made and they're not gonna accept 15 students from one school and zero from another. So you have to also consider the context of the boarding school environment in terms of competition, in terms of just the level of preparedness that these students have had coming up through the system. Because at boarding schools, especially like the elite boarding schools in the States, college prep is the goal and getting into, you know, the best college possible is like the laser focus for these students. And in Jamaica, it's not that level of competitive. So sometimes boarding school is a good option if they're not doing well in the Jamaican context or whatever context they're in. But other times it really might not be the best decision. I think boarding school, you do get exposed to a lot more opportunities in a certain sense. You get exposed to students from different cultures and different different parts of the world. And in Jamaica, we might not necessarily have that level of diversity. But otherwise, I I usually recommend just staying in Jamaica for most students. Again, it's a it's a personal decision. It's a personal decision. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Definitely for uh, for my family, it's not something that we ever really entertained just because we wanted that. The extra time. The extra time. Yeah. And that's so important. And the grounding and foundation. And it was not, not in our DNA. Like Neither my husband nor I went to boarding school. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that's part of our family. You know, I would personally would miss going to the lacrosse games and, you know, those going to, activities. Those, to see a play. Right, right. So... Absolutely. For me, when I was going through that journey, and I went to Campion for um, high school, and and then I went to Hillel for IB, but during that like fifth form period, when it's like, okay, some people are considering boarding school, some are just going straight to university, some are going to sixth form in Campion, the environment I was in, some are going to Hillel, some are going to like all different schools in Jamaica or abroad. So that was a confusing period. Like, what do I want? What's the next step for me? And there is a boarding school system called United World College. I'm not sure if you know about it, but I wanted to apply to UWC. So I went through the application process and I filled in everything. I wrote the essays. And then when it was time to submit, I just couldn't. I was like, I'm not ready to leave Jamaica. Am I just doing this because... I think it's what I should be doing or what the next step should be that I should leave Jamaica like a lot of my friends were deciding to leave Jamaica. And thankfully, I ended up at Hillel, which was the absolute best place for me. And, you know, now working at Hillel, of course, I can be a little bit biased, but going through as a Hillel student and seeing the outcome and now being on the back end of it and working with all the students, I just think it's a fantastic environment for so many people. Um, and for me, I don't think I would have ended up where I ended up if it wasn't for Hillel. Well, that's right. great. Excellent. Good to know. So, so going back to preparing the children, I guess a lot of a lot of a parent's role, too, is to try to encourage them to fill their summers, correct? Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, it might not be in everybody's means to send them to Europe for a camp or, mm-hmm. well, and nowadays... 
Especially no, no. Yeah, yeah, no one's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think are some some ways that we can encourage our children? I think mine is my youngest is sixteen, Michelle, and fourteen, to, mm-hmm. to fill their summers with a mindset of preparing them for college. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are so many different things that they can do, and students tend to get caught up in the summer job or internship thing, which isn't necessarily the only thing that you can possibly do. And one thing that I really stress is personal projects. So find something that you're really passionate about and have a goal in mind and do something for yourself. Um, It could be starting a little business. It could be building something. So I have a student right now who is building a swing set from scratch. She's interested in engineering. So she's getting all the like, wooden pieces together and you know the metal and everything and building it and that's her summer activity and then she's going to donate the swing to a children's home which I think is a fantastic way to spend your summer and you know really getting hands-on with what you're interested in so it doesn't have to be the typical summer job or internship or the summer program which can be great for them to learn but also can be very costly So that isn't for everyone and not for every family. And I've had students, you know, everyone is doing a summer program and my parents can't afford it. And I'm not going to get into college because I can't do the summer program. And I have to tell them a summer program doesn't necessarily make it easier to get into college. Even if you go to Yale's summer program, it doesn't make it easier to get into Yale. So one thing that I try to stress to them is not to focus on what everyone else is doing because sometimes a summer program can be great just for them to explore different things and really learn from it. But if the goal is to look good on a college application, then the focus shouldn't be summer programs. It really should be developing something for yourself, an app, a website, um, just creating something. I think that's what stands out the most. It could literally be, oh, I taught myself to play the ukulele I taught myself to code all of those little things count and I really want them to not focus too much on the traditional summer experiences hmm. so it's almost like building a little resume of over, over time yeah, but, that, yeah. Is. but that's a great idea you know mm-hmm. and it's so crazy how we all get so caught up in what everybody else, else is, is doing, doing. Right. and it's like well there I remember when my oldest was in kindergarten and everybody was sending to these reading classes. So of course I had to send to reading classes. Cause you know, I was a first time parent. It's like, Oh my gosh, I don't want my child to fall behind. Yeah. And it wasn't necessary. No. And then of course it's like, okay, take a step back. Ooh. And it never yeah. ends as a parent, Amanda, it never ends. So there's no blueprint. That's the thing. Yeah. But we're happy to have you though. So you can guide us at this stage. Yes, you have all the questions and they're just, I mean, it's just, as you said, it's overwhelming. It's really, even it's though really we have gone through one child already, I'm sure yeah. you have questions for of Max, course. For, for, for Kaylon, and yeah. I have questions for Zako, even though, I mean, we did it, you know, just a few years ago, but things change, yeah. times change. And they're different you know, children. Different children. They're yeah. different children. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. So as for parents, and I'm probably going to put you on the spot right now. Could you give us three tips that you would say would help us in guiding us in this college journey or post-secondary journey? Because it doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. that they're going to go to a college or a university. 
it could mean that they are going, I, I don't know where, but but post-secondary. Post-secondary or to further, yeah. or they could be going to chef school or, but that's college, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would say the first thing is something that we mentioned earlier in the podcast is just to start early. And it doesn't necessarily mean signing them up with a college prep company um, from, you know, grade nine. It really just means having those conversations from early on in the game, whether it's with a college consultant or it's with other parents or both. I would really recommend, you know, using your connections, using your network to just talk to people and see what their thoughts are, but also use the professionals who, um, you know, were, were paid to do this. So one example that I really want to bring up is I had a parent call me in just a complete panic mode. She wants to send her daughter to boarding school and it's June. And I'm like, that's not possible. And it's like, we didn't know. We didn't know that we were to apply to boarding school from so early. And so that's a conversation that should have happened a long time ago. So I think having those conversations are like the number one thing that you can do starting from early. I would say the second thing is sit down with your child and talk to them about their plans, their goals, what they might be interested in. It doesn't have to be, I want to study X or you have to know what you want to study. And sometimes parents really emphasize like you need to do engineering, you need to do something practical and sometimes I have to just keep my mouth shut because it's not necessarily <laughs> what I believe. But, you know, the parents are the ones who knows what's best for their child. Sometimes I will say, your opinion is valid, but here's what I think. But it's always a complicated situation to go against a parent's opinion. And yeah, sit down with them, have those conversations, figure out what they want and also have the conversation about affordability with your child. I think that can be a tough conversation to have sometimes. And parents put it off and put it off. And students really have no idea what types of schools they might be looking at. And that can be really confusing with them. So sit down with them and say, hey, this is what we think we can afford. You might have to get some scholarships. We might have to look at schools that are within budget. So you have to limit, or it could be you know, we're, we're comfortable enough to afford to send you wherever you want. So don't limit yourself. So having that conversation is really important. And three, I would say the third thing is to talk with their teachers, talk with maybe even their friends' parents or even their friends to figure out little things about what your student might not be telling you. Because sometimes in my meetings with the students, Parents are surprised. Oh, I'm really interested in geology. And parents are like, really? You've never, ever mentioned that. So I think talking with their friends or the friend's parents, things can come up that you as a parent might not be aware of. So just so you have that in your head and get to know the children a little bit more. Because, of course, as kids, we're not going to tell parents everything. So that could come up with friends and teachers. So really use their community as well as as guiding sources for what might be best for your child that's a great tip amanda it so is, we is. definitely have to go to the parent teacher meetings yes ma'am and, yes. and <laughs> our questioning of the friends is right. not all because we're just no, it's just 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 getting on the get the tea yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. perfect well that has been those amazing tips are excellent, amanda. yes thank you thank you 
Yeah, so I think definitely we we really want to ask you some more questions, but this would be going on forever. So <laughs> we might have to have you back. Because, I would love to be back. But it's a great way to start on knowing how to prepare, how we as parents get into mm-hmm. the mindset and get the children into the mindset. Yes. But Amanda, could tell us again where to find you? Yes, please do. Yes, so Instagram at college underscore QUO. Or you can email me, collegequo at gmail.com. Or um, you can find us on our website, collegequo.com. So really easy to find us. Of course, this is all going to be on our Instagram and as well on Facebook. Yes, and on our clip in the uh, podcast. So one other question I do have for you. You did mention, or in your bio, it did say that you only deal with students from the Caribbean and Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Are you open to having students? Because I know I have several friends uh, in Canada whose kids are looking to go to the States or even to check out schools in Canada. Because in Canada, a college consultant is not something that people are very familiar with. Are you open to... Yeah, I'm I'm fully open. I do focus more on Caribbean students right now just because, of course, of where I'm located. So the vast majority of my students are Caribbean students students but I have worked with Americans Canadians I've worked with a student as far as Japan so yeah so um, I'm more than open to students from all around the world as well perfect Perfect. one other question and what about postgraduate have you started or thought about that I have thought about it but it's just it's not my area of expertise so maybe that's a direction I can eventually go in but right now it's only focused on the undergraduate experience. Okay, perfect. Sounds so good. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great, a great conversation. And I know parents will find it really, really useful. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What the 50. Please show your love and encouragement by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you are listening. Be sure to like and follow us on Instagram and join our active Facebook group at what.the50. Just to tell you, you've been on my list of persons to call for the last year. I understand. I've gotten your number so many times, but it's going to happen. It will happen. It's going to happen. All right, so ready? Yeah. But we have to do our intro. Yes. Oh, thing. Hi, Nikki. Oh, shit. Hold on. I just want to have the thing. Oh, you're doing it first. Okay. And I stop at four. See, that's why we have to go with people like like Amanda that she understands understands our thing. I understand. Okay. Should we talk about, is it gets relevant? I don't know if it's relevant to everybody, like boarding school versus not or. No, we can't actually talk because I need that answer. Actually, Amanda. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just had a parent. I just had a parent. As a student at, oh gosh. Bowden. Bowden. Yeah. I need to go back to school, Amanda. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. We're just going to start back at right there.